Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist and a sports nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. Uh, I'm going to add a few sort of preamble-type notes and offerings before we get to our topic of the day. Uh, the guys and I, everybody got together and just recorded uh, a brief episode uh, but it's just sort of you know fun, opinionated stuff. Dr. Nelson actually sent me a text and said, why don't we do uh, something about um, the holidays, uh, specifically Festivus, which is just sort of funny. It's sort of anti-commercialism type stuff. So we just have sort of a silly discussion uh, in our topic. It's a special Sunday. Uh, it's Christmas Eve. And so I don't know how many people are going to listen, but just in case you need some ear candy, uh, something to bide your time while you're putting up with distant relatives or what have you, then then here you go. Um, what we're going to do in this little preamble is a little bit of housekeeping type things, uh, but also uh, some recipes. I thought I would offer a few very brief holiday ideas. They're more concepts and recipes, really, uh, that might be specific to lifters. Uh, two of them are going to be for boosting calorie intake in sort of a healthy way at this time of year. And then two of them are going to be ways to actually cut a little bit of calories without completely rehabbing some of the most fantastic meals I think of the year. So I am not personally a fan of recipe rehab. For example, like making completely altered versions of everything on my Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's table. Uh, but there are some things you can do just just sort of, you know, if you've got a physique goal earlier in the spring or something like that, that's what those will be. Some sort of calorie dilution type things or alternative ideas uh, that you might include with your meals. Uh, part of this was... It was just very serendipitous uh, in line with an email that we got from Neil. So thanks, Neil. This We're definitely on the same page right now. He says, hey, Lonnie, thought it would be fun for the host and listeners to weigh in uh, on Christmas bulk, Christmas bulking. Uh, what foods should you seek out during the holidays to pack on those calories? Uh, I got this idea yesterday when I was joking with my brother after a squat workout if it was okay to utilize eggnog as my post-workout supplement, lol. Uh, some other ideas might be things like um, stuffing, you know, like sausage. Put some extra protein and fat in your sausage, extra gravy, uh, pie. Uh, there's definitely some things that are very calorie dense this time of year. In fact, before I go on, let me add, I don't know if anybody can top this. I would love to get an email. The most calorie dense, energy dense food that I can imagine that I have come across is pecan pie. It's so loaded with butter and nuts and sugar, uh, like per slice, it'll blow your mind. So if you're a hard gainer, I don't want to hear it. Go eat some pecan pie because damn. Uh, anyway, uh, so thanks, Neil, for, for this. He says, keep up the good work. Um, yeah, so two of our things are going to be about adding calories. And let me offer the first one. Uh, it is, in fact, eggnog-based. I don't know if you've ever looked, but eggnog 
it's calorie information on, on the nutrient facts panel, nutrition facts, is for half a glass. And I mean four ounces. Now, a typical coffee mug is about 12 ounces. So this stuff is rocking loaded with sugar and fat. And yeah, there's some protein in there too. Uh, I tend to actually go for the light eggnog so I can have twice as much. It's still really quite sugary, but they cut down the fat a little bit. Um, but sugars and fats being our main fuels, right? But if you are bulking this time of year and you don't want to just sort of meaningless bulk. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's great just to have some eggnog, little nutmeg or whatever, and even some rum in there, something unfooled around with uh, as far as a recipe rehab thing, uh, physique type thing. But if you really want to sort of justify it, I would try an eggnog shake. If you just throw unflavored or vanilla whey protein in with some eggnog and some ice cubes. I usually put about a cup or so of uh, eggnog or light eggnog with about seven ice cubes and just a scoop of, like I said, vanilla whey, something like that. Um, then, you, then you've got the 20 or 25 grams of high-quality protein that you can actually put to work with all those calories. So that's number one. I would suggest if you like eggnog, uh, try an eggnog protein shake. Uh, I think they rock, and it's a again. It's it's not just fuel; it's actually fuel and building blocks because you're you're making a, a, a protein shake and a blender out of it. Uh, my second one, and this is just really a Dr. Frankenstein thing I came up with this year. Um, if you like Chex Mix, uh, and you can get the different kinds, right? If you're if you're avoiding gluten because you have a real reason to, uh, the rice Chex Mix are great. The, you know the Chex people; they're really into trying to provide low gluten offerings and that sort of thing. But I like to mix it with the corn, the wheat, and the rice. I actually like the wheat ones the best. I know that's bad because it's gluten. Um, I don't think so. But they're the crunchiest. There's a little bit of fiber. Anyway, you could throw in some you know, pretzels or uh, things like that, different kinds of – you can make it more savory or more uh, sweet. But anyway, the little tip that I'm going to offer is I put MCT oil – in a misto sprayer so you could put your own oil in these they're not expensive they're like 10 bucks or something um, you pump it up and it builds pressure and because you're supposed to spritz it with some oil or sort of toss it with oil uh, toss it with something healthy and now you got to be careful with the mct oil because you get up around 15 to 20 grams or so of that stuff at a time then it can it can give you diarrhea because you can't absorb it fast enough it's not toxic or anything you just can't absorb it fast enough but when you mist it across the checks mix and let's say you, you just eat a normal i don't know one to two cups of the stuff uh you should be fine and so that's what i did this year so medium chain triglycerides again the fatty acids are, are a little bit shorter than the typical dietary long chain fatty acids that make up the the triglyceride the fat the triacylglycerol um and anyway by misting it like that you can you can get that nice uh, oil, sort of crunchy, browning kind of texture. Get that Maillard reaction going for you food science people in there in, in the oven. And, and there you go. MCT Chex Mix. Again, just don't overdo it. You might want to try misting it with some of the MCT, but then not too much. And then go with some regular oil uh, in addition to that. But it's a great way to get some carbs, some healthy fats. Uh, MCTs, if you look at some of the Japanese research I've mentioned before, but they're they're uniquely digested and absorbed and metabolized. Um, I do think they are less likely to be stored as body fat. You're going to hear some people exaggerate that um, that fact, but there is some truth to that. Anyway, so I like MCTs for, for quote-unquote clean uh, calories. 
So there you go. Eggnog shakes and MCT spray chucks mix are some ideas for you uh, this time of year while you're just trying to get in the extra calories um, without just completely, you know, trashing it up. Uh, what about the KCAL dilution or all alternative ideas? Uh, one might be uh, as a way to replace, if you're sick of green bean casserole, and some people love it, you know, you put the little French fried onions on top and whatnot, um, but, you know, with the mushroom soup and, and that sort of thing, but a lot of bodybuilders are really sick of green beans because, you, you know, you the typical chicken breast and green beans on your plate kind of thing, you know, three, four times a day. But um, I'm going to suggest that one thing that you could do, and this, it's not so much, I guess it would be reducing the calories because there's no sauces involved, but um, our pan-roasted Brussels sprouts, they are fantastic. You can do it with cauliflower too. Uh, my wife, Kelly, makes some killer uh, Brussels sprout, like again, pan-roasted Brussels sprouts. All you really do is you sort of toss them lightly in an oil of your choice. And again, you could use a limited amount of MCT if you wanted or olive oil, something that's um, generally health-inducing. Um, and you just put it on a, a cooking sheet, like a cookie sheet for, I don't know, 45 minutes or so at 400 degrees in the oven. And what it does to Brussels sprouts, if you don't like Brussels sprouts or if you don't like cauliflower, what this does to them might surprise you. So you might want to give that a shot. It's a nice, fresh, if you want something green on your plate, you know, with all the gravy and mashed potatoes and yams and, and turkey and ham and that sort of stuff. You want something green, um, I'm tossing that out there. Some um, pan-roasted Brussels, Brussels sprouts. Oh, so good. Uh, if you have a different idea and you're like, well, okay, I don't want to do that so much. No, again, that's a really easy recipe, but... Um, and you wouldn't want to get cauliflower in a different way. Again, I'm trying to think of fibrous things that you can sneak in in, in different ways and cut the calories a little bit. Cauliflower mashed potatoes are really not bad. By themselves, mm, meh, they're okay. But I like them 50-50 with real potatoes in the mashed potatoes. But it cuts a lot of the starch out of it. It brings in a lot of those cancer-fighting indoles. Um, being a cruciferous vegetable, right? Cauliflower, potently anti-carcinogenic and that sort of thing. Very low calories, fiber, you know, so, so again, the healthy phytochemicals and, and all that sort of thing. So um, mixing in some cauliflower and again, try in a limited batch, you know, maybe if you're good at the stove yourself or your, your significant other, um, do a little side batch of this, right? Because you can make your regular mashed potatoes, and potatoes are quite healthy in a number of ways, by the way. And by the way, if you're using potatoes too, red-skinned potatoes have a lower glycemic index on most charts than the brown-skinned white flesh potatoes. Uh, red-skinned potatoes uh, actually have white flesh as well, but their carbohydrates are a little bit slower acting. So it could be a, a advantageous to do some red-skinned potatoes. And then again, on the side, do a little 50-50 mix where you're just microwaving and mashing in some cauliflower along with the potatoes. And again, it, in theory, it would seriously cut the calories by a third, maybe up to a half, uh, and you get some you know, uh, health added to your meal. Uh, and again, for those of you with physique goals early in the season, it, it's something to offer. So those are the four recipes. The two gain ones would be the eggnog protein shakes and MCT sprayed Chex Mix. Um, the two sort of alternate calorie-reducing type things would be the roasted Brussels sprouts and the cauliflower mixed mashed potatoes. So something to think about. Okay, on to some housekeeping before we get to the topic of the day. Um let me offer some thank yous. The ones 
that I've noticed most recently, the, the listeners would be Kurt, Jill, Ryan, and Holly. Uh, there's some people on that list that are longtime supporters. So uh, we very much appreciate that stuff. It helps keep the light on here. You guys know that. Uh, Iron Radio is listener-supported, like almost any public radio-type format. Uh, and, it, and it helps keep the advertising from you know influencing what we do and that kind of thing. Uh, other fun things, uh, we have, if you go to ironradio.org, we have your turn sort of listener editorials. Everybody has a smartphone now. This wasn't true uh, over nine years ago when we started Iron Radio. Not as true. Uh, that you can record yourself very easily. So if you wanted to send us something, if you want to kind of get your feet wet, even if you're doing something in writing, we had Dr. Danielle Cordaro on recently, and she was talking about if you want to get into writing in the fitness and nutrition world, you know, here's some tips. She was, she's actually a writing professor. Um, but if you want to get your feet wet and have us look at it, I will look at it. We're not going to put just anything up. It is sort of reviewed, uh, not in a really peer review what kind of way, but uh, click on a home page. There's basically a big microphone, and you click on that, and you can literally. I would suggest you write it out first, uh, one to two paragraphs, and then just read it into your phone. You can do retakes, but what you should send should be really pretty polished, and then we can put it in our little library of listener editorials. Uh, if if there's something that we cover that you have a different opinion on or if there's something that you just want to get off your chest that's a great way to do that you can simply again write it up first in a little word document or on a piece of paper read it into your phone send me the audio file and we will consider it uh, for the website we really have an underdeveloped kind of portion of the site with that sort of your turn listener editorials so i really appreciate that actually and it kind of, again some community engagement um other things that we offer that we really never talk about, we still have a pretty decent article library at ironradio.org. If you want to read the written word instead of just listening, check out the article library. There's there's stuff in there from all over the place. Uh, some of that stuff is uh, material that I wrote for T Nation in the past. Some of it's from other websites. Uh, but anyway, you might want to check out the article library. Just, again, poke around on our homepage at ironradio.org, and you can find that. And finally... Uh, if you have become a supporting member or what we consider significant one-time donor or whatever you've donated, if you want to email me, it's lawnman7 at hotmail.com, or you can do it through ironradio.org and sort of filter it through Fortress. It's good to keep that boy involved. But the point being is um, I don't automatically have your address uh, when you do that sort of thing. But if you were to send me a mailing address and your preference of what kind of little New Year's gift you would like, um, then I will send you either, if you're a new supporter or a significant one-time donor, like the ad says, uh, we could afford to send you something like a coffee mug or some coasters or, or something like that, a mouse pad, things of that nature. Uh, if you're an existing supporter, uh, you've probably already gotten something from us in the past, but uh, regardless, uh, there's audio tidbits that I want to offer, little behind-the-scenes seminars and that sort of thing. Uh, all you have to do is say, hey, Dr. Lowry, can you send me the link to X? Sure. Uh, so Here's some of the things that you can request. Uh, and again, even if you've just been a longtime supporter, like some of the people that I mentioned uh, in the appreciation announcement, but... Um, I have a series of lab notes. If you want to do, know what a, a nutrition 
uh, coffee, sports, nutrition, lifting kind of uh, research project looks like behind the scenes, I have lab notes. So you would just simply email me and say, hey, can you send me that link to the lab notes? And I will send you a link or even a series of links. It's literally live. Like I would record it on my way to the lab in the wee hours of the morning. So you want raw. It's pretty raw. And it, But it talks about what we were going to do that day, what we were obstacles we were faced with trying to overcome. So if you like the sciencey stuff, I will send you lab notes. Uh, again, audio sort of blog. Uh, and that's certainly open to longtime existing uh, supporters. Uh, if you haven't already gotten this, also for longtime existing supporters, the How to Boost Testosterone Seminar, I can send you an, a link to that. Again, you would have to contact me and then I could respond to you with the link. Um, and then also Dr. Cordero, she actually uh, sat down with me in an additional behind the scenes kind of bonus uh, lecture on finding your niche. So she gave some tips about writing in the fitness and nutrition world uh, but she has some great thoughts and insights about actually branding yourself like how do you stand out and things of that nature uh, so i can also send you the writers um, branding or writing finding your niche uh, audio so again th those would be open to anybody who were to send me a link if you're a longtime supporter it's just a way for us to say thank you uh, either the lab notes the testosterone boosting uh, audio clips. Now that one's a little rough. The audio is a little rough, but there's some good info in there. Uh, or the finding your niche or branding yourself in writing and in publishing yourself. So, um, and again, that's a long time existing supporters. The people who are new, I want to appreciate you too. And that's why we'll have our uh, Iron Radio intern. The current intern is Kayla. Uh, and we'll work with her to get you a, a mug or a mouse pad or uh, coasters things like that, that we, again, we can just kind of say thank you. All right. Having said that, that's the pre-ramble, if you will. Uh, and we will go to break. And when we come back, we'll start a mini episode, uh, just be sort of being silly, uh, shooting the shit between me and Dr. Nelson and Phil about Festivus. If you're familiar with Festivus and what kind of traditions that entails, we sort of relate it to lifters and the fitness industry. So we'll be back in just a bit. Hey listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh, you poor meathead, all that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what, uh, there is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, there's enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that, and uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single-digit uh, royalty on the book, but that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. 
Thanks. I can't stop feeling Some of us don't understand How lucky we are To be living in this Hi listeners, this is Rob Fortress Fortney. I'm here to remind you that as the holiday season approaches and your thoughts turn to giving, we like you to keep Iron Rating in your thoughts. Over the past several years, there have been hundreds of listener comments hoping that Iron Radio stays on the air for years to come. Iron Radio is here for you. But as with any public radio-type format, the show is listener-supported. That's where you come in. For just $4 a month, you become a supporting member, keeping your weekly dose of education, experts, and gym talk flowing. Just go to www.ironradio.org and click on the $4 monthly subscribe button near the bottom of the page. Or click the Donate button at the right of the page for a one-time donation. You are the Iron Brotherhood and Sisterhood. Of course, not everyone can afford to be a supporting member or a significant one-time donor. But for those of you willing to pitch in $4 per month or $50 just once, we're about to sweeten the deal. Become a supporting member or major donor between now and January, and a limited number of you will receive a gift worth over $20. And we will never forget our existing supporters. Simply email me via ironradio.org, and I'll send you a free seminar from Dr. Lowry on how to significantly and realistically boost your testosterone levels. Help your iron brothers and sisters who cannot pitch in but deserve better internet programming in our sports. And happy holidays. Iron Radio is, of course, primarily a podcast. But over the years, there have been technical glitches calling for backup streaming and listeners who wanted the convenience of other sources of audio content. Toward this end, Iron Radio is now simulcast and backed up on YouTube. If needed, please search Lawnman07 or Iron Radio from within YouTube. There's not much video, but if you like to listen through YouTube on a Roku or other living room device, there you go. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist, and I'm a sports nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens, I'm a coach. I run Strength Guild. I also tend to pick up things every now and again in a competition setting. So. Right on. I, this is Dr. Mike T. Nelson. I teach for Rocky Mountain University, faculty member at the Kerrig Institute, and owner of the FlexDiet.com. Cool. All right, folks, we have a fairly brief episode. We're recording this uh, on December 23rd, and so typically this time of year, fewer people tune in. They may be off work, whatever, but, you know, things kind of are rushed. And But we thought we'd just kind of put together something a little bit silly. Uh, Mike actually sent me some stuff about – because we were talking about what, what can we do for um, holiday theme type stuff, and, 
and he he sent me a link about Festivus, and I don't know if people are familiar, but this it started with some of the writers on Seinfeld. Uh, it, it it was sort of a you know lashing out against commercialism of Christmas, and you know instead of a Christmas tree, there's like literally just a bare pole and and that kind of stuff. But there was there's some components of it, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So uh, the four things that I have written down here are uh, the meal or the feast. So. We'll talk about what we're going to eat uh, ourselves for, you know, Christmas, New Year's, what have you. Uh, there's an airing of grievances, and people remember Seinfeld. That's the funny part. Now, we're not going to go on about it, but we're going to air some grievances about what is it about the, you know, the fitness community that's just, you know, irritating or bizarre, how it's let us down in whatever way. There's a feats of strength, which is funny, and in the episode, it was... Um, you had to wrestle down the host, <laughs> and the, <laughs> the, the holiday didn't end unless the person was pinned. It's just funny, but we we could we obviously there's lots of things we can link to strength. So we'll talk about you know uh, recent feats of strength. You know what what are your goals in the as a new year approaches stuff like that. And then the the last thing is a miracle, uh, and, and in the episode of course miracles were silly. Uh, so maybe we can think of some silly miracles too. So again, everybody knows we do this by the seat of our pants. So here we go. <laughs> um, first thing first, uh, the meal. Uh, I guess I could start off with this one. I was just before we hit record, I was talking about this. Uh, you know, we're, we're my family's pretty carnivorous, right? So uh, in, in addition to the ham, because we usually eat so much turkey. And I think we've talked about this before, but turkey is a great thing people should do more often. You know, buy a big bird and eat oh, on yeah. it, yeah. you know, instead of just like turkey, I don't know, uh, lunch meat or however else people normally consume it. But, uh, but yeah, so we got duck this time as well. We just bought one yesterday. So we're going to have duck and ham for maximal, you know, meat goodness. Uh-huh. Um, Phil, now you're gonna you're traveling into no man's land. Uh, what are you guys doing for meals and stuff like that? I have no clue. We're no. winging it, man. <laughs> Gotta like this show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I really don't know. We're gonna go to the store when we get there. We don't even know how close one is, and uh, go from there. So we're like I said, we're gonna be in the middle of nowhere for a week, um, out in the woods. Yeah. So, what's usual? Yeah. What's usually on your uh, on your menu? Uh, usually, like I mean, traditional turkey stuff like that. But then, uh, what we started doing the last few years is we'd end up going out to eat, and the only place that opens is like a Chinese place. So yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so we turned that into our traditions. Like we're gonna go eat Chinese on Christmas because we don't feel like cooking. Like Christmas story. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, that's so funny. We've done that for two or three years, but I'm having a feeling there won't be one of those in on the mountain. So yeah, it's gonna be different yeah. this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. the middle of the woods, like on the mountain setting. Yeah, we're out in the middle of the woods. Yeah, nice, cool. Yep. Yeah, that's no, that's cool. I found something as as far back and by itself as I could. So that's where we're heading. So. You could just head out well, and wrestle down, you. wrestle a deer. You know. Yeah, there we go. Drag it home. All right, family, got it. Got the meal. Chase down a chase down a feral hog <laughs> with like a stick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, what about you? You're usually pretty creative with the with the culinary stuff. Yeah, so for Christmas Day, I'm up at my, my parents' place right now. So on Christmas Day, we'll probably have steak and shrimp, which will actually be a day earlier this year since we're going down to visit my grandma, actually, on Christmas Day since she's 99. We went in 
last year we had people to visit her every day except for Christmas Day. And all we heard for a year was like, no one came to visit grandma on Christmas Day. So so we're going to make sure we're down there this year. And then up until two years ago, historically, we'd always have uh, Ludafisk on Christmas Eve. So for people who are not familiar, Ludafisk was this white fish that they would soak in lye and that you would somehow consume. So (laughs) Somehow. um, Yeah, I... it's the weirdest thing. It looks like uh, fish jello because it turns kind of clear and smells horrible. But I wasn't a big fan of that. But that was a tradition we had for pretty much my entire life growing up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, old Swedish-Norwegian tradition. Right. So. It sounds foreign to me. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. We have refrigeration now so we can get better fish. But, you know. <laughs> you know, Phil was mentioning Chinese buffets. I, I went to a Japanese buffet. I put a I posted something on Instagram about it, but I was so hungry. You, you ever get one of those days like we're running around doing Christmas shopping and stuff? And I had I had done some volume work in the in the gym the day before, and I was just so depleted. And I just I annihilated that place because I can uh. still eat like I used to. I, that's the danger sometimes, right? <laughs> but uh, so much sushi and sashimi and all that stuff, and it actually made me think about some of the stuff, Mike. If you remember when we were in. Um, I think it's Japan. when we were in Japan, yeah, the, and they had the sort of like the the strange, clear, gelatinous, yeah, <laughs> <things>. everything. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I'm just ignorant about that, but yeah. So I I walked out of there feeling way better, but I hadn't I haven't destroyed a buffet like that in as long as I can remember, and so. You know, that's something I think nice. our listenership can all identify with, you know, like <laughs> the Chinese restaurant owner. Oh, my God. Get these, you know, six bodybuilders <laughs> out of here. It's damaging. They run in fear. Yep. We're closed now. <laughs> all right. Not to be salty, but number two on my Festivus list here is airing of grievances. Mm-hmm. You know, this, so essentially the idea in the episode, of course, is people talking about how others let them down. Uh, what is it about the fitness community that was a letdown uh phil can you think of anything oh boy about the fitness community i would say the community at large not just the fitness community i'm still shocked that like people are are shocked about drugs in in the olympics they're like oh my god yeah we all knew you know oh, yeah. just now they're being caught yeah. you know and we have more proof now than we've ever had yeah. you know yeah, it's but, tiring. Yeah, athletes, athletes at the top of level, they're just on. I mean, you give. There was that study done. I forgot that they asked like 150 Olympians if they if they were offered a pill that they would be guaranteed a gold medal, but they die in five years. How many would take it? And it was some shocking, like 90 some percent said, "Yeah, I'd take it." You know, I mean, it's they're, yeah. they're to athletes at the top level are going to do what it takes to to win. Right. Stop acting like it's scandalous, really. Yes. Right. Or shocking. You know, it's just, or shocking. Yeah, it's just reality, and it's going to happen. But. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Especially as more and more millions of dollars are involved, and that's what they do for their lifestyle. You know, it'd be like, uh, I think it was in Bigger, Faster, Stronger, the one guy was saying is like, well, if you could take a drug that would make you better at your career and possibly earn you millions of dollars, would you do it? And that's how you support your family? It's like, oh, well, if you put it in that context, that's quite different. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right. Totally. You're always positive, Miguel, but what about you? Any oh, grievances yeah. um, uh, about training or fitness? Uh, I guess just kind of a overall thing, just the continued kind of argument of 
oh, well, experience is better. No, you need education. And it's well, probably both. And some people are going to be more skewed on one end of the spectrum than the other end. And that's cool. You know, it's a, I don't know. It's just the interesting part of, you know, you can always say, oh, well, this coach has 20 years of experience, but they don't need enough, read enough research or the research person. And then they're like, well, but they don't coach enough athletes, you know, so it's, yeah. And I think the reality, as we've talked about many times before, is that, you know, both of them are useful. You know, we can ask Phil and say, hey, you know, what do you see in the gym? Here's what we we're kind of thinking. You could design a study to then kind of look at that. Hey, maybe it comes out with what we expected. Maybe it doesn't, you know, so yeah. it should be kind of a back and forth, not a us versus them type mentality. I think if more people realize that science was reductionist and it's trying to it's an attempt yeah. to model a complex reality. Right. So we were sitting around having a few drinks last night and talking about this, like uh, mathematics, statistics, all these things, you know, they work in probabilities. But, yeah, unless you have somebody actually go do it. And as an engineer, I'm sure you can appreciate this. Like, ultimately, oh, yeah. you need feedback from the finished product, you know. So if some training program or nutrition program comes out. Right. If it's going to have any kind of external validity at all, you got to actually ask the coaches, hey, is that working for your people or what percentage yeah. of your people or some kind of yeah. feedback so you can have that kind of reciprocal model, you know, for sure. Yeah, and in research they've done this with medical stuff. They call it like to the, the bench to bedside model. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we get that to be more of a, a closed loop model instead of, ah, uh, we do a bunch of research over here and throw it over the wall, and uh, we just try a bunch of stuff over here and throw it over the wall, that type of thing. Yeah, I, I see that with clinicians versus scientists too, and so it's just, it's similar oh, sure. with the coach versus scientist thing. But yeah, the clinicians they think that they're the pinnacle of the profession because they're out there on the front lines, and you know ultimately they're calling the shots. But then like the postdoc PhDs are rolling their eyes at the sort of mid level uh, clinician. And they're being very smug, like, well, I'm handing down my knowledge to you. And, you know, and like you said, that both of them are smug and incorrect, you know. And, and unfortunately, that's kind of what a lot of people, they get into fitness or health-related stuff. And it's flavored by one of these these things instead of, like you said, having mutual respect to, you know, make a referral or to ask the practitioner what they're seeing. And then the practitioner saying, boy, I don't know. Let's see what the science says, you know. And, that's that's why we have the collaborations, I guess. But, yeah. Uh, you know what? One for me, I, I, I'm airing a grievance. Something that's a, a grievance for me is the um, the the more I look at social media, because uh, we've been looking at running a couple of Facebook ads and things like that for Iron Radio, and uh, and just dabbling on Instagram this year and stuff like that, or watching what's on YouTube is the most watched the most consumed stuff is almost always the lowest quality like there are so oh, yeah. many cheap yeah. tricks put a picture of someone's ass you know on the the flash screen of the youtube video and people are because of you know the human nature sex sells and click 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 and, you know and when you look at some of this stuff like i look at some of the modest numbers from uh, not just us, but some of the what I would consider quality information sources, the numbers are so modest compared to the junk, you know, the cheap yeah. tricks where people, like I said, they're flashing their ass or, you know, all a girl has to do and no fault of her own oftentimes, but is post something of her lifting and thousands of people will flock to it. And I'm like, hmm, 
And I don't know if that's just more interest in women's lifting. Is that the pervs coming out of the periphery, you know, of the fitness industry because they just want to watch someone in in tights, you know, squatting, uh, whatever it is. But there's a lot of that sort of superficial stuff, and people gravitate toward that instead of the kinds of stuff where they might actually learn something. You know, fit, fitness, it's, it's always been a bit like that. I mean, I, I get it, right, from the old guys on the cover of magazines to whatever. But it's just something that I've I've seen lately, and it is kind of a letdown. You know, you'd like to think that the average fitness consumer, the average training guy or gal would expect a little bit more. You know, but, yeah, the, the you look at things with millions or even a billion or more hits on YouTube, and I'm like, Really? God dang it. So just yeah. cheap tricks seems to get rewarded in a lot of ways. So that's that's my grievance. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's more obvious now because all the metrics are right in front of us, right? So you go to a YouTube video and you can see exactly how many other people have watched it. Or before you're like, oh, this seems popular and oh, it's kind of weird. But yeah, we don't really know how popular it is. Now you can, every time you go to a video, it tells you exactly how many times it's been watched. So you, you can't really run from the numbers, and it does kind of confirm that that is incredibly popular. Right. And, you know, when the video is a dog throwing up and then eating its own vomit or something like that, and it's got 1.2 million hits, and you're like, well, I, I weep for humanity. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's the old joke that we have the the power of the internet now we can have all this information at our, our fingertips and we use it to look up all sorts of weird stuff and and cat videos <laughs> all right and cat videos <clears throat> yeah um okay so that's that's the feast that's the airing of grievances feats of strength so phil when you competed last obviously you were in a different state than you you've really ever been before so yeah. and, and sort of breaking new ground so what were you most happy with with your with your performance when you competed? I walked out whole. That was the most. That was, <laughs> that was like my biggest goal was to not end up in an emergency room. Um, so I, I I crushed that goal. So that's probably the best. I mean, and just getting back to. I mean, I'm not back where I was, but I'm well on my way. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a neat step. I mean, I I fell short of what I'd hoped that meet. I messed up, but uh, no. I mean, it gave me hope for what's to come you know i mean I, I think i can likely surpass what i ever did so yeah that's a big question is isn't it yeah and i mean honestly at this point it's like i'm okay if i don't but it's kind of neat to see if i can <clears throat> like since the meet i've been pretty wrecked but i think half of that is honestly for me i think half of it's i'm in the mindset i'm not signed up for something so it's like i don't need to go squat 600 you know i'm gonna yeah. do 405 for some you know, and that's okay. You know, and I've learned that it's okay. I'm in I'm in off season. I can't push it year round. You know, so if I go in and push, you know, if I do something, I'm not going backwards. And I'm still another twelve week peak away from doing well. So yep. um, that's probably the biggest thing I took from the meet is like like literally the other thing I think is that I we've preached it before, like strength sticks around right. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I almost took like a three-year layoff, and it took me a short amount of time to get back to a fairly high level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it, it just proves that's kind of true. I mean, you're not ever – once you have it, it's not going anywhere real fast as long as you still stay active. Like, and not that I just totally quit, but, I mean, 
it was rare that I squatted more than 315 for a couple of years. Yep. And then I came back and hit 650 pretty easy. So, yeah, that's nice. something that career longevity will teach you. I mean, I remember yeah. when I was teaching in a dietetics department, there was a period of years where I was really like, I don't know, just kind of half assing it two, three times a week. I mean, still kind of going to the gym, but not a lot of purpose and yeah. and one day I just I turned right instead of left on the way home and I went to I went to my old gym to bodybuilders gym and I've been training there ever since you know but yeah. it, it's just that that kind of thing I guess yep I think that speaks to the the consistency and then also how much you need just to kind of maintain where you were yeah. before yeah. and in my experience I don't know what your guys experience is probably similar is you don't need that much to maintain a pretty high level of where you were before. No, but if yeah. you just throw in the towel and do absolutely nothing, ooh, you kind of drop pretty fast. Yeah. But if you're only doing, even sometimes I've gotten as low as one or two sessions a week, that's pretty good sometimes, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's just sometimes it's the reality of it. Like I said, unless you have the career longevity of looking back over 20 or 30 years, you, you don't have the the luxury of looking at two and three year gaps or you know yeah. ruts or or things like that and it's kind of hard for a 20 year old to do that right they don't they yeah. haven't spent enough years under a squat bar to to kind of log that and see how that can happen but yeah that can happen almost anybody in the muscle memory thing i know people have different ways they interpret muscle memory but there's something to that muscle mass or strength right yeah you I don't know if it's a very, very slow. I know it's a very arguable point that there's a certain amount of uh, m muscle hyperplasia over the years and that kind of stuff. But even if it's very, very slow, let's say it's 1% a year. Well, 30 years later, could you have 30% more muscle fibers? Is that the reason why when you touch a weight, you blow back up? I, I don't yeah. know. It's fun to speculate, I guess, you know. But Yeah, and I think there's part of it is that you have that motor program there and that if you've done, you think about learning, right, how many reps you've done of that, it's probably not going to just erode to absolute zero, right, versus yeah. someone who just doesn't have that experience of having that many reps at that load. So it'll yeah. feel a little funky coming back and things will be a little weird, but you can kind of go back and access that programming again versus never having it at all. Yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, a big part for me was just getting under – getting used to that weight on my back again it wasn't actually doing it it was just unracking it and making it not feel crushing because when you jump from 315 to 600 that's Oof. a that's a huge difference and when i was first doing it like oh my god 500 feels like it felt like a ton it's like i'm yeah. not sure i can do this but you know just i got to the point again where it's you know where i was where you unrack it and it's like oh, okay this doesn't feel that bad <laughs> oh, this yeah. feels pretty good but, you know almost routine that's, that's a big part of it and for that, I mean, I did a ton of walkouts. I didn't even squat it. I yeah, just I was going to ask my you back. about that. I just put it on my back and walk it out and just get used to that. Okay, this isn't, you know, because <laughs> I tell people all the time, if you, if you pick up a weight out of the squat rack or the bench or whatever and you unrack it and you're like, oh, my God, you're probably in, <laughs> you're, you're probably in trouble. But you're if you can serious. walk it out and you're like, okay, yeah, you know, this doesn't feel bad. I got this. You know, then you're, you're in a pretty good spot. So. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for teaching your nervous system, hey, this is what 500 feels like again, yeah. you know, kind of yeah. thing. So you don't go into some kind of panic mode. I don't know. Yep. Uh, 
Yeah, I can't say I have a ton of feats of strength myself. Mike, what about you? Past or future goals with this, with strength specifically? Yeah. So right now, future goals are uh, eventually to lift the Thomas Inch dumbbell, the replica, so the 173-pound replica. Um, still a ways off from that. I mean, this year I got up to, I bought a 100-pound replica, so it's actually a solid cast dumbbell with the handles about the size of a can of pop. So it's like two and three quarters mm. or two and three eighths. So pretty wide. And then when you go to pick the thing up, because it's solid and cast, it wants to spin on you because of that momentum. So that was the interesting part. Um, then I'll be working back to do more uh, Denny Stones next year again. So this year was primarily just trying to survive uh, travel. And then my two main overarching goals are you know, just to feel better most days. So when I went on a couple of kiteboarding trips, I probably rode longer than I ever have each day and literally woke up the next day and I was like, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. You know, you take a few bad crashes, you get a little sore, that type of thing. But um, so that part was really good. And then working on some vision stuff, uh, eyesight or being able to see in 3D is starting to get better. Uh, so my heart rate variability, so marker of stress like this past month has been pretty good been easier since i've been home and less travel um so even though i'm 43 like this is i can honestly say this past year while like the sheer performance numbers were down from where i was in the past but i feel better and i can do things like even just light squatting again and i feel fine the next day like i actually have soreness in the right areas not oh my left low back feels like it wants to kill me now (laughs) right yeah um so just being able to do more frequency with a lot less warm-ups and just uh, feeling better. And then the last phase, I'm just working on more aerobic-based stuff for about the last couple months, and, and that's been going pretty good. Yeah, you know, we were talking about muscle memory and strength and that kind of stuff. I, I don't know what you guys think, but my experience thus far as a, you know, I'm barely in my 40s now, but still a 40-something lifter, the point being is uh, with body fat, it's sort of the opposite like I, I got to the point where I was doing adding in high intensity interval stuff for about 20 minutes before I, I lifted anything three times a week, you know, and then just basically cleaning up my diet in the simplest way. I really started getting leaner, you know, and I dropped like 20 pounds the first half of this year. And it, nice. it's, it's not back, but I'm amazed at how. Like my mom brought over a plate of brownies. I'm like, well, I love brownies. I'll have a couple of brownies. <laughs> and then I feel like I, I, I do three months worth of damage in three days when it comes to body fat. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you, you lose ground instantly, <laughs> you know, as compared to when I was 20 years old, right? Like I could get away with that kind of stuff. But uh, it's amazing how quickly you regress, I think, when it comes to like the body comp kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you have to stay super yeah. vigilant. Because yeah, and then it's and and you know what? Fine. I mean, I'll I'll get back on the elliptical because I was cut. I actually cut the elliptical out because my body weight went at one hundred two hundred, and then even one ninety five. And I'm like, okay, let's stop that. So I I cut back just to once a week with the sort of you know interval stuff on the bike or the elliptical. But it, I don't know. I all of a sudden I'm just like I feel like hot damn. This is not a good thing. It's coming right back. What the you know. So, yeah, I'm going to have to re-earn some of the leanness, I guess. You know, it's just amazing how, like I said, it's almost the opposite. Your strength returns very quickly, 
as you know, as you get older and you've amassed some muscle mass, but then the body fat thing is, oh, it's it's sort of the reverse. It's it, it's very easy to slide backward and to reclaim that kind of stuff. I don't know. That's just at least you know my experience. But how much of that do you think is also kind of lifestyle related too? Because I know, and I know you're busy teaching all the time, and so it's you know a little bit higher stress. You know, I know for myself, my sleep tends to suffer at that point and stuff too. And when you're younger, it just seems like the resilience you can get by and kind of torch your body a little more and you kind of bounce back a little bit easier. Yeah, it's easy to blame age in a lot of ways. But if you think about it, like um, I routinely get six and seven hours of sleep a night. And when I was in my 20s, I would sleep nine hours a night, you know, yeah. or like you'd go yeah. to the gym. And even if you had classes or work or whatever, you could set aside a two hour block at the gym I don't yeah. I don't do that now. I don't have that luxury now. So it's easy to say, oh, it's just because I'm older, that kind of stuff. But no, I think there's a lot of things that when you are younger, because of, like you said, your lifestyle, if you're a student, for example, or whatever you're doing, you actually do have more time to sleep, more time to throw into the gym, you know, literally time as a requirement, you know, spend the whole afternoon in the gym once in a while if you want and that kind of stuff. And yeah. you're walking around on campus, that type of thing. I mean, I remember in college sleeping in until I had to set my alarm once in a while for noon on a weekend to make sure I woke up to make it to lunch. <laughs> oh, see, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and my, my alarm goes off at 4.45 every morning now, yeah. you know, brutal. Yeah, and then you're pouring caffeine. Sometimes what I do is I end up pouring caffeine into my system so I can perform and do the stuff I need to do at work, you know, I mean, right. you know, you, you have to concentrate to do things like whether you're grading papers, you're in front of a room of 50 people or whatever, and then it's harder to reignite that. I mean, there are some papers that you can re redose caffeine later in the day, uh, you know, like let's say after work, it's time for the gym, but that's really touch and go for me. You know, it's never quite as effective again, and you kind of spent your one peak for the day and... Yeah, there, it, it, you're right. There's a lot of lifestyle stuff that, that goes into that. Yeah, and I find if I have a pretty good known sort of set dose of caffeine and how I feel, like sometimes I've gone a little bit above that and then you still feel really tired. And then I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> this isn't good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's the feasting. That's the airing of grievances, the feats of strength. And again, I don't really have any except I'm – you know what? To me, it's it's like the Tolkien's long defeat – like uh -huh. in the, in that world, you know, the elves knew that they were leaving and they would they would fight the orcs and the bad guys and this and that. And and they knew eventually they w would be the ones re sort of retreating and leaving. And I that's kind of how I am, you know. So I take some some solace like I still grab 90 pound dumbbells, you know, when I do like, you know, just dumbbell, you know, benching and stuff like that. Eh, you know, I, like you were saying, like staying functional on some level instead of doing absolutely nothing. And falling so far away from yeah. from any ability to re, to regain it, sort of, you know, I don't know. So I know that's not going to excite a lot of our people, but you know what? My shoulders won't have it. So you know, I'm just not going to be a, 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 pumping up anybody too much when it comes to my feats of strength. I think as you get older, you at least I know I am. I'm so less tolerant of just being even nicked up and dinged up and taking stupid risks in a place that's a ultra controlled environment. Oh, you know, yeah. I, that when I was younger, eh, maybe push the envelope a little bit more. Now I'm just like, eh, it's just not worth the risk to me, I guess, now. Well, it's, to, Phil's, 
To, <laughs> right? No, I get it. I, to Phil's point, like, at one point, my mom was actually yelling at me because my arms were always going numb. I having some problems with my back and this and that. And I'm just not a very heavily built person, you know. And she's like, you're lifting too heavy all the time. And, and I, it mm-hmm. did kind of dawn to me, like, why am I working up to sets with 405? I've done it for 20 years. Why? Like, why? I'm post-competitive. Why am I doing that? Like, we've talked about that before. You can build some pretty decent legs in the two and a quarter to 315 range. I mean, when it comes to, you know, muscle mass and that sort of thing. So why am I, yeah, risking injury and, you know, and worsening whatever kind of compression weirdness I've got going on? You know, why am I doing that? Because, and again, I know a lot of our, our lifters, our, our listeners are... They're they're weightlifters, they're they're powerlifters, they're about the strength, but the, on the bodybuilding side, it's not just about that, you know. Yeah. And so, and and again, I think there's some honor in that long defeat kind of thing. Like, yeah, I'm going to get oh, older. Yeah. I'm going to get older, but I mean, like when we talked to Bill Pearl and he's talking about squatting yeah. 315 in his barn with his wife and stuff, and you know, at, at 80, I'm like, see, now that's nobility right there. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think on my end, it's the opposite. I mean, it was learning that because a lot of my times it was both. It was like, okay, I need to be bigger. I need to, I've lost literally inches off my legs from all my surgeries. But I came back oh, and I squatted, but I came back and squatted better. 650, mm. you know? Yeah. At, I mean, like, my legs are much smaller than they were. And it's like, I, the thing I can't handle now, it seems, is the volume. And it's like, mm. well, I'll just have to be okay with that. You know, I go in and hit my sets and call it a day. And it's like, I did. Okay, I did 600 for five singles a day. I'm good. You know, yeah, <laughs> I'm okay if I don't do the drop sets and, you know, right. As long as my chicken legs can squat 700, it's still 700. Yeah. yeah. I've so. learned that watching power lifters, yeah. like yeah. Uh, there's yeah. some guys in the back room at, at my gym. And I'm like, you know, this guy, he's, his legs are very thin and I mean thin, <laughs> I don't know, 20 inches, 21, I, I would ha- hazard to guess. And I mean, and I watched him, I watched him do like a single with. 405 and i'm like wait what you know so it, it is interesting how muscle mass obviously there's a direct correlation with muscle mass yeah. and strength you got a bigger engine but at some point it does it can uncouple i think you know and when you see people that are so strong you know it's like that what i used to call the superman effect instead of the hulk you know like it's not all muscle mass driving everything you do but undeniably the strength is there you can demonstrate the strength so yep yeah, and I'm just wondering how their nervous system is wired, you know, in terms of motor recruitment. And like we've talked about before, right. even just slight changes in that tendon insertion makes massive differences, especially across, you know, bigger bones like the femur and mm-hmm. things like that, too. So, yeah, it's got to be motor. I mean, I mean, as in neural, right? Yeah. How else? How else could could that happen? You know, but the last one is a miracle. Um <laughs> <laughs> what would be a miracle in the fitness world or in the strength world? Uh, Phil, what do you think? God. It would be a miracle if everybody was not so politically correct anymore. And, like, everybody is just um, – we don't want to hurt everybody, anybody's feelings at all. So anything goes type of thing. Uh, that's just it's, – it's gotten horrible um, to the point of, like you – know, I mean, one thing that comes to mind is the whole – a recent thing with the world championship and weightlifting. And I don't care, you know, basically it's a sport is a sport and there's rules and they let, uh, I have nothing against trans athletes. I have them, but like they let a, a dude compete against women 
and he beat most he, of them except for one. Yeah, that's and it was it was rough. for the sake of not hurting anybody's feelings. I'm sorry, it's a fucking sport, and there's rules. Yeah, you know it. That's it. You know, and you know I know there's both sides to this, but I mean if you just if you look at the facts, it's it's blatant that it's just wrong. You know, if it was okay, then basically what you're saying is you should let any female out there take drugs for 30 years up to the levels of a male and then clean up for a year and come in. Yeah. You know, that would make it fairly fair. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I think, and that's just one, like I'm saying, I think it's just, that's just one example, but holy crap. Like you can't say, I got in trouble the other day on the iron radio page. Some guy started going off cause I said fibromangina, that thing we always talk about. Yeah. You should go look at it. There's a, 50, 50 replies like, oh, you're a sexist. No, dude. No, what? I'm talking about men. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's just like, quit getting so butthurt over nothing. If you couldn't last at 15 minutes in my gym, <laughs> my ladies would be calling you so many names that you would cry and run out. I was going to say, the women in your gym. Yeah, exactly. They're worse than us. <laughs> oh, man. And yeah. It's just, it's gotten the world has gotten so soft and it's like, holy crap. Yeah. You know, thicken your skin a little bit, people. Right. I know. I, yes. I understand. And, and, and let's listen. Iron radio is one of the most gender inclusive podcasts around. Right. And it's straight, legitimate, real respect for women. Women can do things men can't. So, yeah. you know, like you said, sometimes it's like, well, all right. <laughs> and, and I've said it numerous times in the last three or four years. At powerlifting meets, at weightlifting meets, who impresses me recently? Who's doing the most progress and doing new shit? It's women. Oh, by far. Like this last meet I went at, I was not impressed with any of the guys. But the women were now. I mean, you walk in there, and there wasn't a girl in some of the flights not deadlifting 300. Yeah. You know, it's like all of them are over that. And it's like, what? You know, it wasn't that long ago. 315 was like a huge milestone. And now it's like, you you better be able to do that. Or you're not going to you shouldn't be in the meat. Right. <laughs> it's like 315 has become the new baseline yeah. for women. And it's like that's freaking amazing, you yeah. know. It was the the women top deadlift for the what was it the 125 five, 130 class? Like was five it in the 5s, right? Yeah, it was like 520 Oof. at 123. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Pound for pound they're killing us. Yeah. 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 Uh and it's amazing. It's, you know, and a lot of that, I mean, I, my gym is still 70% women. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, again, you're right. If, if somebody's going to attack you, they should know these things, yeah. you know, before they just fly off the yeah, handle. I mean, those, are, those are two simple examples of like, like it, it doesn't matter what you say now, somebody's going to get butthurt over nothing. It's like, really? Of all the things I've said on social media, that's what, because <laughs> I say some jacked up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I will put yeah. up stuff to purposely see how many, and I'll. My wife will laugh because I'm sitting here watching to see how many people unfriend me. It's like this is amazing. I lost 25 people. That was great. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's just come on, people. You thicken your skin up a little bit. How would you survive freaking 50 years ago? But ugh. right. Anyways. Well, let's face it. I mean, there are, like I said, I mean, there are real things that women can do better than men you know like not get destroyed from high volume training like you know like doms it's pretty well known yeah. Women don't get the same kind of same muscle tolerance. damage that men do and that kind of stuff and i've often suggested if, if they could design a sport around 
resiliency against getting your know, muscles soreness, muscles destroyed and weakened. And women would be the best in the world at that, you know, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, estrogen in that child, case for the win. For God's sake, childbirth. I, I take a big poop and I want to cry. I couldn't imagine having a child. You know, well, you guys are tough. <laughs> right, right. You know, I had read, I actually read once that women, ha they have a higher pain threshold or, or pain tolerance yeah. rather, but then their threshold is actually lower. So at first I thought, oh, well, they can handle more. Maybe they don't sense it quite. No, they actually sense it better on the low end and then they <laughs> tolerate it better on the high end. So yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know. Yeah. Yep. All right, folks. Well, there, there you have it. It's some, just it's just banter today. Some light stuff, yep. right? I, and again, yeah, there was. We had mentioned you, you were talking about social media, Phil, but I I already mentioned this on air. But a few weeks ago, somebody said, "Oh, Iron Radio used to be evidence based." Well, guess what? There's no evidence really in today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, like like you're saying, be, have some thick skin. Get over it. It's it's you yeah. know it's Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah. You know today and, actually is Festivus. So. That's right, oh, and it is oh. indeed Festivus. <laughs> so that's why we covered it. It's timely, damn it. Okay. All right, All right well, yeah, we'll see you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah, see you guys. Hey, listeners. Have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store. One for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry. And they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store, uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun, heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org. And um, let us know what you think on the forums. And certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, 
and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.